This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Kansas City, it's George Karlaftis, and you're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. There's some people that come around in your life that change your life. Their perspective, their aura, their energy, their vibe, whatever term you would use, people just naturally gravitate towards it. That's how I would describe our next guest. I believe that he is a transformative individual. I believe that he is an inspiration to kids and people everywhere. He is the editor-in-chief of the most popular Chiefs website, arrowheadpride.com. Pete Sweeney joins us on the show. Pete Sweeney! Not that I don't love Dusty, but has Rob been off for like a month? What is he? <laughs> yeah, is he I don't know. I don't know. I'm starting to wonder if Rob and I, was, I have beef. I was looking for him. Rob will be back tomorrow because we only have 30 minutes. Nowhere, nowhere to be found. bowl game, so they play at like 4.30, mm. so there's a two-hour pregame show, <laughs> so we sign off at 2.30. I don't know why Dusty or Cody couldn't just take care of the 30 no. minutes, so I don't have to come up here and do it, but I will be up here tomorrow to do 30 minutes of the show, and then I'm signing off for 2023. Yeah, I, I did hear that. We we are coming in, actually, me and, and Nate Taylor, we're doing the... The Chiefs beat to end the drive for the year. We'll be on four to six on Friday, filling in. Oh, good. So the two busiest guys all year coming in. So Carrington can go on vacation. Yeah, I think so. And, and look, uh, we're busy anyway. I think, you know, it's, we have to work through the through the holidays always because we're, you know, centric on the, the one team. So uh, after we're at Arrowhead Friday, four to six, Pete Sweeney, Nate Taylor, uh, I will be thanking you for getting through your nine to five with me on the drive. Another day, another dollar. Pete Sweeney, this is where I would like to start. <laughs> I would say that you have been a Chiefs optimist for the most part yeah. this year. Yep. I think most people have said, hey, something's wrong with this offense. Something's wrong with this offense. And you have really held firm to what they accomplished last season and what their record has been. Monday was not good. No. And they have had a lot of bad days over the course of the last two months. I think everybody wants to know, are you still holding firm here? Because I'm giving up when you give up. I'm still in. (laughs) I'm barely in, but I am in far more because of how I feel about the AFC than how I feel about the Kansas City Chiefs. Are you still in on Kansas City after what you saw at Arrowhead, seeing them get booed off the field against the Las Vegas Raiders? It's tough to be 
Uh, I know that a lot can change over the next two weeks, and uh, if they were to have better outings, I think we will feel a lot differently in 14 days. I think this particular failure on Christmas was a little different than what we've seen. I think in previous weeks with the offense and really throughout the year, it's been mistakes and turnovers, and, and sometimes you would say, okay, this one specific thing happened, which ended up leading to the loss. Uh <laughs> Monday is almost like non indefensible, non defensible. You you can't you can't defend what you saw. It was eleven players on the field and nobody was playing well. I think greater than maybe we have been talking the entire year where it's like, okay, if they just were to add another weapon, another receiver, you'd start to feel better and I, I think the offense would open up and, and things like that. The huge concerning point on Monday's outing was the offensive line. Uh, it doesn't matter who you have when it comes to pass catchers and weapons if everyone in your offensive line is not playing well. And that's what you got early in that game, and it led to Patrick Mahomes being skittish. Uh, as you mentioned today, it led to him drifting back. At times during the third quarter, he was bailing out. He wasn't throwing well throughout the game. He was making bad decisions him, himself. Uh, no receiver, it, it seemingly, could could consistently beat man coverage when maybe someone did beat the man coverage and happened to be open on a particular play. It was at a point of the game where Mahomes was bailing already, and so it just was an absolute complete disaster. I, you can't really play much worse from an offensive standpoint than the Chiefs did through you know what was the first 55 minutes of that game. They looked like they had a little life at the end, but obviously uh, way too little too late. Uh, hard to be optimistic right now. Uh, I think the the only thing that you could be optimistic about is the fact that they have two games to try to have a complete reversal, but really hard to defend uh, this team after that performance. I don't think that their offense is ever going to figure it out. Yeah. Like I'm just looking at this year and their offense has felt off from the very, very beginning of the season. And I think that we have always put asterisks by it. Right. Like we noticed in the game against the Lions that the offense, oh, well, they didn't have Travis Kelsey, the drops, they'll clean that up. Well, they got Travis Kelsey back. Some of the problems that existed in that game have still really, really popped up. I am at this point. The reason I am giving them a chance deal and why I've not completely eliminated them is a couple of things. Number one, it's they have Patrick Mahomes on their team. So I'm just not going to believe that you go into any game not having a chance because you have that guy on your team. Number two is I'm not really, really convinced of the rest of the AFC. Now, I don't think the Kansas City is the best or the second best team. I'm not even sure if they're that much better than Cleveland at right, this point. Right. But the, the fact that the AFC is so wide open, I'm still willing to give it a chance and just as bad as it may seem, they still are right there. It's normally one play, one mistake, one something. Now, that it, one thing continues <laughs> to pop up, so it's hard to shake it. But all we're talking about is, can you make one more play right. in two games this year? And that would drastically change the outcome for this team. If the, the Chiefs hadn't fumbled, and then Mahomes threw one of the worst passes I've, I've ever seen him throw, I know that everyone's complaining about Watson on that play, and it go for a pick six, I mean... It is a very, very ugly, maybe 10-6 win. And not that you'd be feeling particularly great, but every time that they're able to get a victory, you're just feeling better in general. But it didn't happen. And 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 I, I think what gives me slight optimism here is it's still Mahomes and Reed. Like, 
to your point about the AFC, like I, I think we overreact to each week maybe a little too much. Uh, you know, an individual game doesn't necessarily mean the next game is going to go like that or the one before it went like that. I mean, we were in a position where I think you can make a reasonable case going into Monday night that the San Francisco 49ers were going to win out the rest of the year, yeah. that they were going to beat everyone in front of them, and then they were just going to win the Super Bowl. They were far and beyond better than everyone else, and the Baltimore Ravens beat them. Does that make me think for sure that the Ravens are going to beat the Dolphins? It doesn't. Uh, and so every game is different. And I, I don't know what it is because the Chiefs offense, especially this last game and, and in the weeks leading up and this, these losing ways that you've seen in the past month, they have done everything in their power to make you jump off the ship. Yet I just find myself, uh, and I just was talking to somebody about this, I just find myself thinking, well, if someone came up to me, and this is a hypothetical, I know you love hypotheticals, CDOT. I love them. If someone came up to me and said, Pete, put all the money that you have saved up, all your assets on a single team right now to win the AFC and reach the Super Bowl. Now, I would think about it for a little bit, and I could understand why some of you would, would say the Baltimore Ravens uh, and the Miami Dolphins. But if I had to risk everything in this hypothetical I think I'm not putting I, it on the Chiefs. I would still go with the Chiefs. Well, who would you go with? The Ravens? Buffalo. I mean, I'm saying in that scenario, in that you're scenario, telling me I got to put everything would, on it. This is the thing about Kansas City. I'd go City. with Kansas City. I would. And, and I, it, it, it's just a gut feel. And that, that's all I have at this point. I can't tell you anything else. That's all I have. Go ahead. They Sorry. don't even feel dangerous to me. Like yeah. Buffalo feels dangerous. Hey, they're playing with some momentum heading into the postseason. They're playing their best football. I mean, it's not like this is a one- or two-week thing that you feel like you're overreacting. Like, maybe where you and I think have been on opposite ends of this is maybe you were right like six weeks ago. Hey, people are overreacting. We've been having this same conversation now for two months. They're not averaging over 21 points in their last eight games. They have five takeaways as a defense, 15 giveaways as a team. Like, this team just isn't doing a lot of things consistently well. But if you're asking me, what's the most likely outcome for Kansas City? I will probably pick them in round one if they're not playing Buffalo. But this team just hasn't shown me against three playoff teams. And I would say, aside from whomever gets that seven seed, you've got six decent teams in the AFC playoffs. I'm just not trusting Kansas City to beat those teams three consecutive weeks, not with this offense. And I completely un understand why you're saying that. Uh, and and I don't know. I. I think they're like I said. I, I think the only thing that that you look at right now is they have two games to two more games. And it, look, I I'm, I understand. I'm, I'm you know I'm not begging you to, to to think otherwise anymore here. I can't. But they have two games to figure it out uh, for the fifteenth week in a row. We heard them say something to the extent of if we clean it up, we're going to be okay. Uh, you know I I understand if you guys are are tired of, of that. But that's the official slogan of the if team. They, <laughs> If they were not to not have turnovers and penalties these last two weeks and win the games, I mean, we're all going to feel a little bit better about their chances. I, I think adjusting them realistically, in my mind, not talking about hypotheticals now, I, I'm like you. I, I do like Buffalo. I, I think they're playing well. I know that they had a, had a close call against Los Angeles, but it seems like they're entering the playoffs uh, on their front foot, steaming ahead. And I like the Chiefs to win in the wild card round unless they – they end up getting Buffalo, then I think it's a coin flip or Buffalo maybe even has a slight advantage even here. And it seems like this season will end in the divisional round. I, I had been optimistic before, but I just, I'm with you. Uh, I think if we're like realistically talking about it, I, I think 
it's just hard for me to wrap my head around this version finding a way to beat the top tier teams. Like right when you get down to the the divisional round, you're down to the final eight teams in the NFL. Are we confident that the Chiefs can beat any of those other seven teams? I just I'm not sure about that. I think maybe a good analogy to describe it is you know you gamble on these games from time to time. You know how sometimes when people get into sports gambling and they look on the internet and they see, hey, I can turn five dollars into five thousand, and then that person shows you their parlor, like, hold on here, all right, you made an eleven-team NBA player prop. Maybe there's a different way to do this. That's kind of what it feels like with Kansas City right now. Sure, we've seen it. You can hit that ten-team parlay and you could turn that ten dollars into ten thousand dollars. It happens right. every single day. But the way that you're going to consistently build a bankroll is by doing your research and picking your spots and really cashing in when you feel really, really good about it. And that's how I kind of look at Buffalo. Buffalo feels like a safe bet. Baltimore feels like a little bit of a safe bet. It kind of feels like for Kansas City, other than, well, they can get hot. Well, you can make that argument for six teams in the NFL. We've never had to do that with Kansas City. Well, if everything lines perfectly, especially for a team that doesn't have a great margin of error. If they turn the football over, they just can't overcome it. Where in years past, if you made a mistake, their offense was going to score 30, 34 points right. that you were able to kind of build over that mistake that's inevitably going to happen. Like this team is going to turn the ball over once or twice in a postseason game, and, that's and gonna they're going to have to yes. overcome it. I, I completely agree. And I think that's where the glimmer of hope is, though. I think if they were to play a blemish-free game, they'll be in any game. But it's just the confidence level of them being able to do that is just so minimal uh, at this stage. The margin for error for the Chiefs winning games, as we've now realized, is extremely small, much smaller than it's been in the past. And the chance of them playing a mistake-free football game, drops, penalties, turnovers, et cetera, all those self-inflicted wounds that, that you talk about, it's, it's just small. Um, it's a small chance to think that they're going to be able to do that. Uh, now, is there a pathway? I think there is. Uh, it remains, but the confidence level in and them being able to do that, it, it's, it just feels out the window at this stage. Right now, we're joined in studio by our guy Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. We'll get back to the Kansas City Chiefs here coming up in just a bit. But the Tom story in the NFL is that Russell Wilson has been sat by the Denver Broncos. Here's the latest from Ian Rappaport. Here's what we know now. Sources tell me the Broncos have informed the team and Russell Wilson, and of course, Jared Stidham, that Wilson is going to the bench. There is a lot of Financial reasons for this, and some of those we will get to. The guaranteed money, the get money that's guaranteed for injury in March that would become fully guaranteed if Russell Wilson was on the roster, and then if he sustained an injury, all of that would complicate things. There's a lot of the financial parts of this, but this is also a football decision. The Broncos have certainly struggled on offense, and Sean Payton, in fact, has been very clear publicly about this team needing a spark. So that's what this is. Needing a spark, Jarrett Stidham, who the team signed in for agency, were very quick to sign as their backup quarterback, gave him $5 million. He now becomes the starter. Russell Wilson isn't going away. This is not a situation like, let's say, Derek Carr for the Las Vegas Raiders last year. He's not leaving the building. He is going to be the backup, but he is not going to start this offense. Moves in a different direction, and all the speculation now about where Russell Wilson is going to play where, where his home is going to be in 2024, that all can start or that all can keep going because it's been going, but major, major quarterback news for the Denver Broncos. That was Ian Rappaport of NFL Network with the latest that the Denver Broncos have sat down Russell Wilson. The Broncos can spin this any kind of way. 
This is the beginning of the end. This is how you release a player. If you don't want that player to participate at the end of the season because you want financial flexibility, that is the grounds of you cutting the player. That's what happened last year with Derek Carr. This is what happens to a player that you no longer want on your team. The Broncos have told us that Russell Wilson will not be their starting quarterback in 2023. 100%. And look no further, I think, and this is another layer to it, there's an angle here. If the Chiefs were to lose out and the Broncos were to win out, they would make the postseason. They would win the division. And you're giving up. Like, there's still a, a chance. And especially with the way that Kansas City is playing now, you wouldn't want to see them have to beat the Cincinnati Bengals and Jake Browning, and then all of a sudden you're putting on ultimate pressure for the Chiefs to win on the road. I mean, I understand it's East and Stick, but crazy things happen in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, also, it's, we just saw wild. the Chargers. We just saw the Chargers last week give Buffalo everything that exactly. they can handle, you know? Yeah, they're trying to play spoiler. There's always juice from, like, a new interim coach, new coach. And, and all that and trying to put, you know, good film on tape, one of those cliches, but it's true, especially for young players that are, you know, trying to earn their job and for the next year with that team or, or somewhere else. Crazy. Uh, they essentially are giving up on the season when they're not mathematically eliminated. So, they said to themselves, uh, it is worth us being able to say goodbye to Russ Wilson than this long shot at the playoffs, which is such an organizational loser's mentality. But you, I think, in a way, understand it because they just don't want to be locked into this guy anymore. And he and he's done. He's done in Denver. He'll be with a new team next year. I believe that Sean Payton and the owners of the Broncos have this agreement. Hey, we know that something's wrong with Russ, but I'll do my best for a year to try to make it work. And I think we saw a couple of weeks ago when they had that argument on the sideline, that was kind of the telltale sign. Hey, things maybe aren't working the way. Like, I actually think that Russ has been all right this year. Right. He certainly has bounced back. He hasn't been the biggest problem with the Broncos. He certainly is not great by any means. But, I mean, last year he was one of the bottom five quarterbacks in the league. That's not what he currently is right now. He's certainly not to the point where, to your, what you just said, you bench him with two games left when you're not completely mathematically eliminated. Now, it's unlikely that you make the postseason, right. but you at least play out the string. And it's, it, it would be different if the Broncos were doing this with the guy. Like, it'd be different if they had Will Levis. Yeah. Where if you were making a decision to start Will Levis, everybody sure. would understand. We've seen Jared Stidham. You know that he's not the no. long-term answer. And, and you know, you just crazy things happen in the NFL. I mean, it wasn't to make the postseason, but look no further back, even if we're looking at Kansas City terms, than 2019 when they were trying to get that by. That year, the, that Dolphins team was not supposed to beat New England randomly, and they did. I mean, teams lose randomly in the NFL all the time, and Cincinnati's playing well. Jake Browning's playing well. You could see where Cincinnati could beat a reeling Chiefs team that – has suddenly gotten into desperation mode, and they're just giving up. They're saying, you know what, we are packing it in, and just the idea of getting Russ Wilson is more important than playing a playoff game this year. That is what that move was about today. Wild move to me. I'm surprised that they did it, but in the long term, it's becoming more important for them to get rid of Wilson, get him out of the building, than it is to actually do what everyone's trying to do, which is make the postseason and win a championship do you think that the next Broncos starting quarterback is a veteran or a rookie that they draft I think it's probably one of those situations where they bring a veteran in and also have the rookie I think Casey, so kind of like so kind of, kind of like what Tennessee did this year yeah and and to an extent KC I, I think that's the ideal scenario it's tough to do I mean everyone's just like oh you should do what the Chiefs did where they had Alex Smith and Mahomes could sit a year tough 
a lot tougher to do than 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 the Chiefs kind of were able to pull it off. But I think that is what every organization will try to do as you go here. You're always putting, I think, the rookie in a better situation if you can get a year as a pro under him, where there's not all the pressure of winning uh, year in and year out. But there's a clock on everybody, and so you know sometimes people uh, are more apt to rush that rookie in than wait on on a year of a veteran. I can't believe that the Chiefs are as big of a favorite that they are on Sunday against the Bengals. I understand the Bengals don't have their starting quarterback, but the Chiefs just, they haven't been seven, seven and a half points better than any team that they've played in the last two months. Kansas City is probably going to win this game. They're at home and they really, really need it. But seven point favorite, this feels like Kansas City three and a half, not Kansas City plus or minus seven. Yeah, I just think uh, it goes back to to just the the difference we we see on a week by week basis in the NFL of the individual games, and uh, you know I think as as people who watch as fans and uh, reporters were very reactive to what we just saw, uh, and and Las Vegas isn't uh, in the business of being reactive; they're in in the business of getting it right. And uh, for me, I think it's a point too much. I feel like the Chiefs should be six and a half. Uh, it, it seems like it, it'll be a little bit closer than that. Um, but it, it's still the Chiefs at home, and it, and it's still Patrick Mahomes after a loss. And you, just because they looked so miserable, doesn't mean you throw out the years uh, of data. And I think that's what you're seeing in the line. I don't know what the Chiefs at home means anymore. They're four and four at home games. They lose this. They're going to have a losing record this year at home. I, I just don't know what them being at home means anymore. I know what it should mean. Like, that should be a game. Right. If it is a 50-50, then Kansas City gets the benefit of the doubt. They haven't really done anything well, to give them the benefit of the I doubt. I know. For you, you're games. not going out there. It's too cold for you now. I mean, you're not going out no there chance. home or away. I had tickets for the Christmas game and just gave them away. You just gave here, them away? Have them. I don't want them. That was the right call. It was miserable out there. I mean, I was in the press box, but, you know, you, you spend some time outside talking to people, and it was rainy and cold, and uh, obviously the product was not so great. They got booed coming off the field. That's the part about this week that I don't think people have talked enough about. That when you think of everything that this organization has done over the course of the last five years, they've yeah. had two parades. They've been to three right. Super Bowls. They have the. They might have the two most popular players currently in the league. Their offense got booed leaving the so, field. That's how bad it was. I love that part, though. I mean, I really do. Uh, I know some people don't, but this is uh, an area where – I think Chiefs fans are are demanding excellence, and and I I get it. Uh, I think the way that you have to feel when you have a franchise quarterback, uh, and and it's only for an X amount of time. It's not like you get this guy forever. Uh, I think people realize that because there are some fans here that were here for years and years and years where the Chiefs didn't have a quarterback, and you don't want to just throw away uh, certain seasons. And it's a dissatisfaction, and. It's a dissatisfaction when you're among the elite of the NFL. That's where the Chiefs are now. Like they're in the Super Bowl or bust type of thing. Uh, I, I talked about this with Al, but uh, I've been here for ten years now. I'm, I'm a Kansas City, and it's kind of my second home. But I, I I grew up in the East, and the Bronx cheer was a regular thing. Like when your team is among the the top of a a given league, you boo when you don't have uh, success, and when it's it's almost like an embarrassing performance. And I and I think that can actually 
do something as far as motivation for the team. I don't think it's any sign of disrespect. I think it's just a demand for excellence when you only have a given amount of time with this otherworldly generational talent. Coming up on the other side, we're going to do our final draft of 2023. What are we doing? What are we drafting? The Russell Wilson draft. He's going to be available. We think he could be a free agent or potentially get traded. Where do you think are the most likely destinations for Russell Wilson? There's an unlimited amount of teams that he could go to. I can't wait to hear your picks. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive. Catch insider Nate Taylor with Cody and Gold every Tuesday at 1 o'clock on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Get off my bumper traffic. Brought to you by Deep Pasquale Moore Law Firm. Mike's got this. This report is sponsored by Boost Infinite right now. Northbound 435 at Eastwood Traffic Way. One lane squeezing by. An accident there, and you're backed up back beyond 63rd Street. And the southbound side slowing down to get a look at the action. Backing you up now almost to I-70. Boost Infinite's new wireless technology gives you three networks for the price of one and better service at a lower price. Visit BoostInfinite.com. That's BoostInfinite.com. Jay Edwards, 610 Sports Radio. Get off my bumper traffic. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We got Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride here. This is what we're going to do for the next, I don't know, five to seven minutes or so. We're going to have a Russell Wilson draft. He got fired on his day off today from the Denver Broncos. They said your services are no longer needed. Please hand in your key card. We are not playing you the final two games of the season. This is step one in him no longer being the starting quarterback for the Broncos. But where could he go? Well, we are going to do a draft to figure out where that could possibly be. Pete Sweeney has the first overall pick. I have the second pick. Dusty has the third and the fourth pick. Dusty, cue the music. Here we go. Pete Sweeney with the number one overall pick in the Russell Wilson draft. Yeah. What team are you taking for him to be the starting quarterback next year? I think he'll go back to the NFC and take the place of Kirk Cousins, who does not have a uh, – he cannot be franchise tech. And he's about to become an unrestricted free agent. This was agreed upon before the season. I, I think nobody loves free agency like Kirk Cousins loves free agency. And that is a wide-open job as we've seen them rotate quarterbacks uh, as we go here. Uh, there's a number of different ways you could go here. Uh, and you made a good point off air, and I'm just going to reveal it to people. It can't necessarily be one of the worst teams in the league because they might be drafting one of these first-year starters. And so I'll go to the middle of the pack, a team that loves to be in the middle of the pack. Uh, give me the Minnesota Vikings. You know what? I love that you have left this team off the board. This is the team that I wanted to take with the number one overall pick that you have given them to me. I will take the Washington Commanders. The Commandos. As the uh, the team with the team with no coaching staff. You have no idea who they're going to be. I don't know who their quarterback's going to be either. It could be Russell Wilson. <laughs> so I'm going to take the Washington Commanders with the second overall pick in the Russell Wilson draft. Dusty, you have back-to-back picks here for Russell Wilson where he can be starting next year. Washington is off the board. Also, the Minnesota Vikings are off the board. Where do you think? I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers. Oh. They have a young quarterback that failed this year. The coach fired this year, and their owner's just, well, crazy. Um, mm. I think he's willing to bring in someone of a veteran that's kind of got a similar, maybe not as small as Bryce Young, but they could be like kind of like a mentor to each other. And 
as weird as Russell Wilson is, that kind of seems like a situation that would make sense. Dead last team. They're not probably going to draft a quarterback. I don't know if they would or not if they give up on Bryce Young that quick. But bringing a guy like Russell Wilson, let him be a mentor, let him be weird with him and try to figure out his game and get him developed into the system. Dusty just called a grown man small. I mean, if you're Carolina, you have spent way too many resources to go chase another quarterback. Like you spent... Spent two first-round picks to go get Bryce Young. Traded the number. I, you, 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 you traded too much to go get Bryce Young to give up this quickly on him. I think Wilson is going to want to start, and they're going—they're not starting Wilson. I'm with Carolina. You. I don't right. think he deserves to start if it's me personally. Who's your fourth pick here? Fourth pick. Uh, go to the silver and black. Go play heel. Go to the Raiders. That was my. You, that was you my would pick. be perfect as a Raider, Russ. Nobody likes you. <laughs> Nobody likes the Raiders. No one's going to bother you in that system. Because he smokes cigars, though. Vegas, no. Vegas is a little sketchy probably for Russell Wilson because it's not really like the land that I think he likes to walk upon or see. Maybe not. But it seems like a perfect fit for him to go there, like in division. It's an opportunity to start. Garoppolo's done. They're not going to have Aiden O'Connell back there. They're going to have a new coach. Maybe it's Pierce. I kind of like the Raiders to be kind of like a heel more move for Russell Wilson. That's where I was going to go if that team was still on the board. They have now been scratched from the board. I will not take them in our Russell Wilson draft. You know what team I will take? The New England Patriots. That's a good one. I will take the Patriots as a possible landing spot for Russell Wilson this offseason. We know that they're going to be in the market for another quarterback. If you decide to keep Bill Belichick, do you maybe go get Russell Wilson and maybe spend some much-needed high draft picks on some playmaking wide receivers on the outside? I mean, They're going to have a top pick. Let's say you go Russell Wilson in free agency and you try to go get Marvin Harrison Jr. in the first round of the NFL draft. Is that put you in a really good spot? I think it's a possibility with New England. I'll take New England with my fifth overall pick. Yeah, I don't hate that one. Uh, I I think it's solid. I I am confused about where Belichick is going to be. It's just tough to to predict how the coaching staffs are going to go. Uh, how many rounds do we have here? Two, we three? have, uh, let's do uh, three teams apiece. Three teams apiece. Three teams apiece. Okay. I was not two. able to go another round. Oh, I'd given up. It's not the first time he said that. I know that. Hey. <laughs> I will go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers. And. I don't hate it. I just think that now we're getting into the realm of teams that, you know, might not have a, a starter vac- vacancy necessarily, but it's one of those things where it's like, you're going to come in and compete. Uh, for the starting job with a younger player. We just need that actual competition. So you create a competition between Kenny Pickett, who at times has stunk, and Russ Wilson. And if he ends up losing to the younger player, uh, he ends up being the backup there, a very good backup, maybe one of the better backups in the league. So I mean, Pittsburgh Steelers, and I will also follow that up with the New York Giants uh, competing with Daniel Jones off the ACL there's a chance whenever you're dealing with a quarterback with an ACL that they may not be able to start the year. And so you could shore up the position for the Giants. And also, who knows, uh, if he outplays Daniel Jones in the preseason. So those are, are two area, areas, two teams where it, it might be one of those uh, the job is open type things. Let's see who can go earn it. I'm very, very surprised that this team has hung around this long that I can get this value at this point in the draft. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons with the eighth overall pick yeah, that's here. A good one too. I'm going to take Atlanta here as a team that they've got the skill position players. You've got B. John Robinson. You've got Kyle Pitts. You've got Drake London. You've invested in the parts. You haven't necessarily had the quarterback. You don't have to spend draft capital. You get him on a waiver. You get him when he gets cut. You go get Russell Wilson to add to that team. That's an instant quarterback upgrade for them. I'm going to go the Atlanta Falcons with the eighth overall pick.
You saw the text line. That's why you did that. No, I was going to take go, Atlanta. Man. I've been I've, I've been saving Atlanta. I was I'm actually surprised you went Carolina so soon. That's where I would have took Atlanta. Oh man, no, you got to get Bryce Young some help. Uh, last one. I think he's, we're staying in the backup area. Uh, I think I stay in the NFC. Why not go to Philly? You know, Jalen Hurts. Poor Mariota. Nah. I don't know if Dusty understood the rules to this draft. Philly. Yeah, I- why not? You think there's a chance that Russell Wilson's on Philadelphia's roster as next a year? backup quarterback? Yes. Oh well, then Dusty doesn't think he's a starter. No, based on how I think he's. Drafted. This was well, a. Uh, this two, was two of Dusty's teams. Saying, he's never going to start. No, I think based on how. So I do how he drafted. He doesn't think that Russell's a starter anymore. Do you honestly think Russell Wilson's a starting quarterback at 36? I do think he's a starting quarterback. I don't think that there's. This is failed job number two. You failed twice. I don't and know if he failed third. in Seattle. I don't know if you can say that he failed in Seattle. They traded him. They won a championship. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm just looking the at of boom. I'm just watching the <laughs> NFL on, on a week by week basis. There are not 32 better quarterbacks than what Russell Wilson no, was this not. year. There's, there's, not. there's just not That's 32. True. Marshawn like, Lynch didn't throw that interception in the end zone. Wow. Am I wrong? He has Russell as a backup. Baker Mayfield started this year in the NFL. Baker Mayfield's balling. He's doing a nice job down there. I yeah. can't oh, believe he is, it. He's doing a good Check job. I'm just, saying is, I'm just saying is after everything that we saw with Baker Mayfield for the five years, a team started Baker think, Mayfield this year. Some team is starting Russell Wilson this year. He's I'll, not backing up. I'll hand this to Russell Wilson. In 2022, he looked like he could could or, or should never play again. No, I agree. In 2023, he's been like serviceable. So you, you give him one of those head coaches that can come up with a game plan and he can be like more of a system guy. I think he's, as you were saying, one of the 32 starters. But yeah, it'd, it'd have to be a very particular situation. All right, these were the pick, the teams that got picked in our Russell Wilson draft. Pete has Minnesota, Pittsburgh, and the Giants. I have Washington, New England, and Atlanta. Dusty doesn't think that he is a starter anymore in the league. Carolina, Philadelphia, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Those are the teams that got selected in the Russell Wilson draft. Give me one team, Pete, that's not on this list that you think is a potential dark horse. Uh, Well, in the scenario that we're talking about, um, Chicago, because I think if they go and draft, if they have the number one overall pick and go and draft Williams, right, then Fields is not going to want to be there, I think, anymore. So it's one of he's moving on somewhere, and then you need – potentially a veteran backup to kind of groom him either slash play the first year or simply be the veteran guy behind him. So I think Chicago's one we have to mention. We got Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride joining us in studio. Speaking of Denver, we'll head to Denver coming up in the 5 o'clock hour to learn more about their release. Not release, but it is certainly going to happen with Russell Wilson as a starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by DePasquale Moore. Remember, Mike's got this. Don't forget to catch Odyssey NFL insider Peter King every Tuesday at 4 p.m. right here on 610 Sports Radio. Pete, before we get you out of here for 2023, and we'll catch you in the new year. Sure. You know how much I love the movie Meet the Parents. It's a movie that gets referenced on this show quite frequently. I would consider myself to be a big fan of the show. And you remember that one of the bits on the show was about the circle of trust. Mm. With the knowledge you've been given, you are now on the inside of what I like to call the Burns family circle of trust. See, if I can't trust you, Greg, then I have no choice but to put you right back outside the circle. And once you're out, you're out. There's no coming back. Mm. Well, I would... Definitely like to stay inside the circle. 
With two weeks left in the NFL season, I think there's only four teams that you can have in the circle. Okay. I think it's Baltimore, San Francisco, Detroit, and Buffalo. That's it. Those are the only four teams in the NFL that I would say right now I trust and that I believe I will mm. trust heading into the postseason. How are you feeling about Saturday night? Kansas City will not do anything where I will trust them going into the <laughs> postseason. I've seen way too much football to trust that football team going into it. Dallas isn't a team that I think you're going to have a lot of trust going into mm. the postseason. There are some teams I like heading into the postseason. I like the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know if I trust them that much, but I like the Rams. There's a couple of teams that I'm like, huh, all right, I could kind of see myself. But if you're asking me who I trust, who I would put in the C dot circle of trust, Baltimore, San Francisco, Detroit, and Buffalo. Those are the only teams I'm letting in the circle. Yeah, that's interesting. Are you adding anybody to this? Or are you taking someone out of the circle? I like Miami. I know that maybe that isn't going to be the most popular opinion, but I, I could see them winning this weekend. You trust them? I don't know if I trust mm -hmm. them. You got to be, you got to have trust to be in the circle of trust. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think if I'm if I'm picking maybe three in each each conference for me would be Baltimore, Miami, and I you know I do like the way Buffalo is playing right now. Um, it's hard to say you trust Kansas City at this point. San Francisco, even after last game, is there. I think I still would put Philadelphia over Detroit. I I, I think I would. I would. I think I would do that. This is why I didn't put Philadelphia in this category. Just Monday. One of their best players said, we're not playing good football. Just Monday, <laughs> yeah, that's right true. there in front of the media after a win. Hey, we're not playing good. We need to figure this out before the postseason. It's been something off about Philadelphia all year. All year about Philadelphia. I think they are a prime losing uh, the wild card round candidate. Well, one of the, like, if... So say you're putting Buffalo in there. One of the teams I've liked, like I kind of said it to you during the break, that I, I like this year uh, toward the end here in the NFC is the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams have won five of the last six, and their one loss was against Baltimore, and it took overtime for them to lose that football game. So they're playing some of their best football at the right time. They're a year removed from that fluke year where they kind of fell off and now Matt Stafford seems like his arm back. His arm is back. They're getting healthier. They still have a, a good defense, and so I think they're a Rams are a team that if you're going to put Buffalo in there, they should get some consideration in the NFC. Dusty, is there a team that you think should be in your circle of trust? So I have four teams: Buffalo, Baltimore, San Francisco, and Detroit. I think those have been the four most consistent teams in the NFL. I'm looking at their health. As of now, heading into the postseason, you feel good about where those four teams are. A couple of those teams might not need week 18 of the NFL season. So I would put them in the teams that I trust. I feel good about heading into the postseason. Where are you at? Yeah, I really like Detroit. I think they had a lot of adversity kind of in that perfect part of the season, kind of like the Chiefs had had, you know, in years past and then kind of figured it out. Detroit's kind of been playing well. They've really fed Sam Laporta a lot. They have Mara St. Brown as well. And then their rookie running back who uh, kind of made Minnesota look foolish this last week. I like their where their offense is at. They kind of had that whole, like, we should be here. They've been there the whole year. 
I don't give up on Miami. I know they're kind of banged up. I know Waddle's there. I know it's still a second-year head coach. I still kind of trust them because their offense is explosive, and in the playoffs, the clock moves faster. I still trust them. Baltimore, obviously, from what they showed against San Francisco, uh, going on the road as a dog, and, like, I mean, they were superior more than anything that they've been this entire year in that game. Um, and I'm with Pete. He kind of took my sleeper team. I love the Rams. I've uh, I've won a little bit of coin off the Rams lately. Puka Nakua is a stud. This guy, this guy loves winning coin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, no doubt. I like getting free coin, too, sometimes. But, you know, we all can't be lucky. Um, they Puka's awesome. Cooper Cup's there. Pete hit it on the head there with the, with the Stafford arm. Looks like it's back. Uh, Kyron Williams is a stud. I mean, he's missed, what, like five, six games this year, and he's up in the top in rushing yards. I really like the Rams and their explosiveness. Plus, that I mean, that core of guys, you know, their their leader on defense, their leader on offense, their head coach, they know how to get there and they know how to get it done. So I don't know how you can sleep on them as well. There's a there's a team hiding in plain sight too that we didn't mention. And that's the Cleveland Browns. You believe in this? They have the best defense in the league. And Joe Flacco looks all right. You know, maybe you can make a case for slightly above average. A lot of the stuff we've been saying about the Chiefs, about the mistakes and just not making mistakes on offense could kind of fit the Cleveland Browns. They already have 10 wins. They have a better record than Kansas City, quietly. I don't think anyone would realize that unless you really looked it up. They have a shot at the one seed. Cleveland is is kind of hiding in plain sight to me. And I don't know if you'd go as far as to put them in the, the circle of trust, but uh, out of nowhere, it seems like they could maybe go on this miracle run. I just feel that clock strikes midnight on Flacco soon. Like I'm he, the same way. Like they played Houston, who was out without CJ Stroud, Tank Dell, and that team was basically beat up when they played Cleveland. Listen, and that defense. Won. I mean, they, I just, I there's just one like, other Super Bowl champion in the okay. AFC field, okay. and that's Joe yeah. Flacco. Think He's about 38, that. and he was throwing passes to his kids at a high school field this year. <laughs> can you imagine? Just like, can you imagine if at the beginning of the year I told you? Hey, Cleveland's going to score more points in Kansas City this year. You would have called me crazy. Like, you would have been like, that well, is a I'm crazy saying. stance to have. We got two games left and they have more wins. I mean, Indianapolis. Why are we writing off, Kansas, why, why, why are we writing off Cleveland? I'm with him. Just there, there are some stories that are really good for the regular season, but once we get to the postseason, are you going to tell me a team that is playing their Honestly, fourth starting quarterback just, that they're going to make a real run in the postseason? You're two grown men who are Could intimidated the wild card? by Joe Flacco because of his good looks. <laughs> Very clearly. Now, his neck hair scares me more than anything. <laughs> but I just don't – I don't know. I just – I get it that defense is number one, Casey's number two. They haven't turned the ball over, but – I mean, Amari Cooper, nobody was stopping him on Sunday, and Joe Flacco just kept throwing in the ball. How will we feel about the Chiefs if we get to Monday, though, right? And they have actually played this clean game they love to talk about and win, let's say, 28 to 10. Is suddenly everyone back in, or is it? You, you, or is this ever, Is this it? I mean, is everyone already just written it off? You know I love a good relationship analogy. It'd be like a really toxic relationship, and that person brings home flowers. <laughs> That's how I would feel. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we have seen, like, if, if we are looking at offensively for the Chiefs this season, right? of seeing them play 15 times, I would say that their offense has played well twice. Their offense played Chicago. well against the Bears. Yeah. Their offense played well against the Chargers the first time they played them. Yeah. We have seen them have two good offensive days. At this point, you playing well in one of these two games is not moving me off of what I've seen for, I mean, this team, they left for, you were in St. Joe five months ago, and now we here we sit, still having questions. Hey, I mean, 
If they do it in week 16, no, their offense is not consistent enough. Something is going to go wrong. Maybe it doesn't go wrong on Sunday against the Bengals, but in the wild card round against Cleveland, they will have a fumble that just doesn't make any sense, or someone will line up incorrectly, or they will have some penalty that they have to overcome. This team just has, this team has to show me consistently, not that they can do it, not a spurt, not one game here. At this point, you are asking the Chiefs, can their offense be consistent three weeks in a row? And their offense hasn't been three weeks uh, consistent at any point this season. Yeah, and I hate to say this, and I don't want to say it, and I hope I'm wrong here, but it, it's starting to feel like, and this is just kind of how I sense it, it may go, where you get the next two weeks where they look a little bit better and they do pull off the wins. And maybe even you get the wild card win, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, this is still the Chiefs. And then they're in the final eight, and then you face that team and you make the mistakes again. Like when you're in the the elite eight, if you want to call it, of the NFL in that divisional round where you know you really can't afford to make the mistakes, and the Chiefs have managed to win these past three weeks, and then all of a sudden you know they get hit with a really good team, and you're still not going to be able to make some of the mistakes we've seen all year. That is our guy, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, joining us in studio. He will be back for the hits coming up in an hour or so. Pete, we appreciate you. Coming up on the other side, we heard from Chiefs Hall of Famer Dante Hall earlier today. We also heard from Travis Kelsey on his podcast. We'll play what both of them had to say about the offense and what happened on Monday against the Raiders. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by the Deep Esqually Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 